If I were to speak of war, it would not be to show you the glories of conquering armies, but the mischief and misery they strew in their tracks, and how, while they marched on with tread of iron and plumes proudly tossing in the breeze, someone must follow closely in their steps, crouching to the earth, toiling in the rain and darkness, shelterless at themselves, with no thought of pride or glory, fame or praise or reward, hearts breaking with pity, faces bathed in tears and hands in blood. This is a side which history never shows. Clara Barton, Civil War Nurse. Welcome back to Wellhouse Exorcism. This is Shanna, your most amazing hostess with Mostess and the best person ever. Who else is here? This is the guy who's totally not afraid of heights. Does he have a name? It's PJ. Every time. A husband <laughs> has a name. And this is Laura. I am the sister to the guy who's totally... Totally not afraid of heights. Yeah, not afraid of... Sure, we'll go with that. And our resident Gettysburg expert. I wouldn't go that far. Just a bit of a nerd on it, so... <laughs> and... And this is Ray, who is definitely afraid of heights. <laughs> Not afraid to admit it. Not afraid to admit it. <laughs> we were talking the story about um, at Gettysburg how we took him, PJ, up the tower and how he couldn't get back down. <laughs> and so he posted I the could. Pic- I just took a tortoise's pace at it. That's all. <laughs> well, I'm kind of amazed you didn't sit down and go toddler style. I'm surprised <laughs> that I made it down myself now that mm-hmm. I think about it. You were white knuckling it, it, I'm pretty I was sure. Not, yeah, but that's kind of like, <laughs> I don't think you were like, like my baseline. <laughs> I don't remember you being that afraid. I think you guys kept walking because you wanted to pretend that you I, weren't a part of us. Um, <laughs> not I think I was people. dealing with my own fears at the uh, time. Yeah. Tunnel vision. No, mm-hmm. uh, PJ literally had both hands on the railing mm-hmm. and was saying, um, oh, spit, oh, spit, oh, spit. And walking slowly down like this, totally pale and... I just have these visions, this memory of this, like, five-year-old kid walking up the steps with his parents, looking really confused. (laughs) This adult male is, like, freaking out, coming down, and old people passed us because we were going so slow. So PJ, to our Facebook page, posted a picture of one of the watchtowers. The most horrifying thing in Gettysburg is not the ghost. Scariest experience I had there. You could face your fears again this summer, you know. I know. Yeah, and Hillview Manor. You Ooh. can take him back downstairs. <laughs> I can't do that He can again. toddler it. He can just scoot Maybe on his Maybe he's grown butt. out of it. That has been, it's been quite some time since that all happened. Ray, that's very kind of you, but he hasn't. No? Okay. No. Not when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, we're back. It's nice to have you guys, by the way. It's Thank been you. since it's January. Be huh? yeah. So nice to have you guys been here. We missed you. I missed you. Talking just to PJ isn't fun. Yeah, I did it for a long time myself. I was stuck with it. I do it all the time. It's horrible. <laughs> it just gets weird. Anyway, today we are going to begin the Gettysburg proper. Yes, right, so finally. We did, a, we did a little intro, so a session zero, if you will. Uh, PJ went over all the history. And uh, for, you, for our listeners out there, PJ rehashed it about 10 minutes ago. And Laura interjected with all the truthfulness and all the facts in between. Just a little extra color. No, all the facts. <laughs> Not color. <laughs> facts. Well, that too, I guess. Extra the, facts. The meat yeah. and potatoes. All additional the additional mm-hmm. facts. That's all. I'll call it body. The accoutrements. No, I feel like she had all the, the statistics. <laughs> the facts. The accoutrements are okay, pretty for anyone who hears me quote things, it's probably almost certainly coming from the Ken Burns Civil War documentary. So, FYI, if I quote statistics, it's coming from that. Listen to or read? Mm. Uh, it's a it's a um, a mini series like it's a, a docu series, right? Docu series, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get like the gist of it if you even just if you treat it almost like a podcast. Yeah, I mean, you mm-hmm. could just listen to it. And what's I, it from? Or what's it on? Uh, it's not streaming anywhere right now. It's I have the DVDs. I, I do have the DVDs if you want to borrow. Mm-hmm. But it was on Netflix. You can yes. rent it on Amazon. How many times have you watched this? <laughs> a, lot. a lot. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, tell tell the <laughs> listeners. Honestly, I, it happens to be on our phones too. Yeah, I, I'm feeling um, um, very like targeted. Targeted right now. <laughs> <laughs> I find the narrator's voice very soothing. Okay. <laughs> I love listening to battle and bayonet charges and I blood and the blood and the blood. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who Shanna doesn't like to listen to? 
Who? Dan Carlin. Oh, I love oh, Dan that's Carlin. Hardcore history. Hardcore right? history. Yeah, hardcore history. I enjoyed listening to no, it. No, you say you hate it. You hate his voice. I you get talk... it though. Okay, but his facts are amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I yes. know someone else who says I don't hear it, but they say he sounds like um what's his name? Rushbaugh. Um This is fun. Rush. I know who you're Rush talking Limbaugh. about. Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. The Rushbaugh guy. <laughs> Apparently, so her, it, all of her facts only stem to Gettysburg, and that's it. How do you feel about Antietam? Um, no, that's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. We'll go there. I have to get the that's next, out of the scope. The next Ooh, miniseries. Yeah. Oh, we you could do a whole thing on the Civil War. It'd be very um. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot. I would just whole re- pod. rename the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no more wellhouse exorcism for us. No more ghosts. No. So anyway, PJ did um, a historical background just to give us like the background of the Gettysburg battle proper. Just I made a brief trips. timeline of it all. Yeah, because people call it the Gettysburg War. My eighth graders call it that. And oh, I'm like, really? Not a war. Battle. Oh, oh boy. Wow. <laughs> battle. <laughs> uh, Three day battle. Felt like a war. But anyway, um, we he went over all the statistics of it. And um, we discussed a little bit about like where the different battles happened. Um, and that's really it because we want to like, you know, peaks of interest, but we don't want to give too much away. Well, right. I mean, because um, what were the statistics for the casualties again, PJ? It was 36 to 40. No, 46 40. to 51,000 people. So like really, when you get right down to it, no, no more Americans or what am I trying, trying to say? The most Americans throughout the course of history died as a result of the civil war because and that makes a lot of sense those americans killing americans killing americans well and that's like i said on last week's podcast too it, you have to think like maybe because pj said our european listeners are like oh boo-hoo you know that's all a lot yeah. of people but for us we were a young nation so putting in context like it was difficult to even repopulate america because so many men had died mm-hmm. Well, I just pulled up some some statistics. How did you not just know it in your brain? I did not just know it. I should have. But um, so nearly one third of the total forces engaged at Gettysburg became casualties. Of the casualties, um, 7,058 were fatalities. Um, And then there were another 33,264 wounded. And then another 10,790 were missing. That. Oh, so people would die from that yeah. too. Well, I'm sure there were a ton that died after that. There's actually a side story. I'm not sure if you learned this in your mini series, but one of the creeks overflowed because like right after the the battle proper, there was a big like rainstorm and so flooding happened. And wounded who were down there getting water and getting rest to get rehabilitated, drowned. Oof. <laughs> yeah. So in That's my bad luck. In my research, I'm just like, man, Gettysburg, you just man, just to survive a three day battle, to, and you're hanging out by a creek, to drown in a creek. Yep. Wow. wow. Yep. So there you go. So anyway, this week's episode, <laughs> it's not about drownings yet. It is about something even better. Because I want to watch Ray Squirm. It is about amputations. <laughs> <laughs> A little louder, honey. Mm-mm. I'm sure there's more to groan about. Oh, there will be. Um, um, air quotes medical care in this time period. Oh, mm-hmm. nightmare. Nightmare. I cannot think of anything scarier than medicine. Well, probably in the 19th century. But then I think it's probably scarier in the 18th century or the 17th century or the 16th and they're century. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's just not I think a good the end look. of the 1800s would be okay because that's one, you know. They like started it. watching, like, you know, how to control diseases. They were worried about, like, they were actually antiseptic then, True. finally. Like, 1867, you know, after the Civil War, we mm-hmm. finally have antiseptic stuff. So, anyway, in the latter half, latter half. They had whiskey in the Civil War. Makes you feel that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Different thing. Um, anyway, and then we're going to talk about two wins tonight. The Cash Tenon, because of amputations, and the Farnsworth Inn. Which you have gone to. Have you guys stayed there? We haven't no. stayed there, no, but we've been there several times and they you do love a lovely it. lunch. Yes, that we've taken us there. Yes. I still am not sure. Are they the ones with the peanut about soup? About the yes. peanut soup. Okay. Yeah, yep. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's a it. classic. You have to try it. As long as you're not, don't have a peanut allergy, got to try it. If there. you like yeah. peanuts, yeah. I mean, it's. It wasn't bad. Like, I just, it's not what. Like I want to eat peanut butter with some chocolate. Yeah, you know, but it's not really peanut butter. It's like just if you peanut. could, if you could yeah. juice Weird. a peanut, yeah. that's what it's, it tastes like. It's, it's just mm-hmm. peanut yeah, it's juice. It's you can't not eat it. Like yeah. you have to try it. It was interesting. Yeah, I'm not gonna make it in my upstairs kitchen. I have the recipe. I know you do. 
Anyway. In your upstairs kitchen? Is upstairs. there another kitchen? Down here. There is. Upstairs, down. Yes. There have one mini upstairs, fridge right downstairs. there. <laughs> that counts. I have a drinks over here. Any, uh, and cashews. We could we could have <laughs> cashew, cashew soup. soup. Cashew soup. <laughs> new drink. New food. Not drink. Mm. Anyway. So let's talk about amputations, shall we? Let's just hit it right on the head here. Or on the limb, shall I say. Let's Gonna go out on the, a limb. Cut to the chase. chase. Cut to the bone. Ooh. Get into the meat of this. Cutting remarks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anything, PJ? Let's just dig right in. <laughs> We're going to talk about digging in skin. Oh, this is great. I, I just, can I just like, can we put like a live video feed on Ray? As we do <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, I'm here like because I just feel the energy. I can feel the awkward. Yeah, the tension. The so anxiety. Look tense, now, I'm not going to ask Laura because she knows everything about Gettysburg. What do you guys know about amputations in the 1800s? Sucked. It totally sucked. And it probably involved something that resembled a saw. That doctors were called sawbones back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So amputation is what it sounds like. You would take off part of your limb. Um, so amputations were pretty common this time period, especially in Gettysburg. It was the number one thing they would do to save your life. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I had to raise my hand because I have something to add. Something I know from the documentary is that because do. the reason there were so many amputations at this time is because of the mini ball, which Could was... you please stop? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, the mini ball. Okay. You make, I'm sorry. Continue. Mm. <laughs> you are like a, like a, a Gettysburg Rain Man. Yes, she <laughs> really is. You're not invited anymore. Not, not, not even just Gettysburg, but the Civil War in general. Like, we would drive down Interstate 95 and, you and know, like, like oh, on Fredericksburg. This is exactly. where this happened. The wilderness. And then I would happened. see, like, something Happen. from the documentary. I'm like, okay, Laura, what <laughs> happened here? <laughs> Didn't we say when we were there one time with you guys that she should just take over the tours? Didn't you start talking to some people because they didn't have a tour guide? I feel like we lost Laura to a group of tourists at one point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not didn't saying we? it's impossible. I think we did. Saying. Yes. Because I remember did. like we, were ta- we took pictures. But then pictures they gave her of- back to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we're done with this. No, no, she needs to stop. Like, we will give you money. <laughs> she's, a little, she's a little intense. I, I think we talked about getting segues and rolling away from you. But anyway. <laughs> so Amputations. Okay, the further it was done away from your core, the more apt you were to survive. Okay, which we know. So hip amputations, fun fact, 83% of those people would have died from hip amputation. 83. I can't even imagine having that amputated. Like. Do you want to try it out? God, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, it's like, just just, just let me die. Yeah. Don't, don't do that to At me. At that just, point. Yeah. It's got hurt. That's a lot of bone. Yeah, that's that's mentioned a the quality of, of life back that's then. It's a lot of fat, though. I've got a big butt, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. anyway. I don't think any soldiers had yes. to worry about that. <laughs> not, not Eating their hardtack and everything. I have to worry about it. First class problem. First world problems? That was it. Is? Oh, yeah. Hey, maggots um, are protein. Third, third, third time mom problems? I don't know. An upper arm amputation when it was done, your mortality rate was only 24%. Oh, only. Yes. Now, here's another fun fact. Three out of four wounds were to the extremities because we were using things like the mini ball. Okay. That's a fun fact. Yes. So fun. Now, in the Federal Army, this led to 30,000 amputations. Fun. Do you know why the mini ball caused so much damage? I'm not there yet. Okay. This Gosh. is going to be fun. That's on the this next going to be a fun series. <laughs> so you need to send me ahead of time. Strap so yourselves in, <laughs> listeners. be a lot of editing on this one. Oh, go. no, this is all staying. <laughs> yeah, Shannon's going to go all teacher. You shut it. Nobody likes has to show off. <laughs> no one likes to Did show you off. raise your hand? <laughs> Mrs. Hand, stop bouncing in your seat, Laura. <laughs> anyway. no, can, can I hear from someone else? else? Yeah. <laughs> does anybody else have an answer? Does anybody else want to read? No? Anyway. So, uh, and, you know, some of our major generals, as we were talking about before this started proper, was, uh, like, Stonewall Jackson had an amputation done, which um, is interesting. And he was actually pretty proud of it. Yes, don't raise your hand. And then General Howard also had an amputation pretty cool i do not want to lose a limb though just saying so i want to see ray squirm now before we get to the mini ball discussion okay do you know what it was like to be the surgeon this time period and how you would conduct yourself 
as you prepared for an amputation. I think that tourniquet would probably be involved. Oh, that's cute. I'm not like even before you even start. Oh, you would have to get all sanitary like. <laughs> Drink heavily. Maybe. Um, so surgeons did not even perform careful hand washing before operating. Oh, see, yes. this is why I don't like medicine in the 19th century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the doctors were wearing blood splattered clothes. Sometimes they were pus covered too because it was really hot outside. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't even like that word. Pus. Pus. We're going to get, that's like another page actually. Um, when something <laughs> was dropped, like their scalpel, it was simply rinsed in cool, often bloody water. No, not even. Now, they Literally. did use sponges, um, but if they'd been used in previous cases, they simply dipped it in cold water, yes. wrung it out, and then used it on the so next person. So not the most sanitary situation. Not They didn't even understand what sanitary anything was. Mm-hmm. I guess. Actually, there's so stories. Back then, they didn't even think to, like, before an amputation, they wouldn't even, like, light, use fire or whatever. Nope. To... Nope. And actually, there are stories, and I'm sure Laura will raise her hand to say this, but uh-uh. Not going to happen. You, if you're a doctor in the field hospital, you have your, usually a door, because they would just rip off the door off and right. put it down to to perform these things on. And they would wipe their their scalpel and whatever, their saw bones, if you will, their, their saw off on their shirt and continue on to the next person. So, yeah, imagine like you just wipe it across all that blood and pus and next, next person. victim. <laughs> Not victim, you're saving lives. Well, oh, well 24, to 24 to 83% of the time. <laughs> No, the the uh, opposite. Yeah, opposite. Yes. Less than or greater than, yeah. yeah. Depending on where they're cutting. Yeah, 15.75%. Yeah. So if you know something in there, it's fine. Now, the injuries, of course, as our Rain Man has already mentioned, were really because of the soft lead mini ball. And I was going to ask if we know what that is, but now that I know Laura does, I'm not going to call on her. With the capability, this I'm quoting this from, I love this, Bruminate. That's the website, Bruminate, Ooh. yes. With the capability to kill at over a thousand yards, the soft lead bullet caused large gaping holes, splintered bones, and destroyed muscles, arteries, and tissues beyond any possible repair. These shot with them through the body or the head would not be expected to live. Isn't that lovely? So, so lovely. what would you like to add to that, little Laura? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just what you're saying that, you know, like the modern bullets, you know, they, they go in and they... Mm-hmm they go through usually or they just lodge Mm -hmm. but the mini ball would because it was so soft would expand they called it mushrooming right right and so you know it wasn't that like the reason they had to amputate is because it would shatter like your your whole bone like everything there wasn't anything left to save and um, there's actually photos of um, of soldiers on the battlefield deceased soldiers and you can see that their shirts have been rifled open. And, you know, and you might think, oh, maybe it was like, you know, people going through to check for anything of value. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was the sh- soldiers themselves because they knew if they were gut shot, they were dead. Yeah. So. Not to mention the fact they were gigantic in right. terms of width. Mini balls are yeah. huge. I have one upstairs. I have a mini they're ball. heavy. Yeah. But they're they're over 50 caliber. Like they really, yeah, yeah, they're they're massive. I didn't know it was that big. Yeah. Well, you're you're getting getting like sledgehammered with it. Like that's what's happening. It's no surprise you're not going to be able to save the bone. And there's just these like gripping stories too of the soldiers as they're like dying in pain, like in the wheat field, for example. They're when they died because of course they're there for hours on end. They're crawling and they're grabbing into the ground because they're in so much pain. They're like ripping that they, they found them dead with like tufts of grass in their hands. Cause they were digging at the earth cause they're in so much pain as they were dying Yeah, from the mini ball. So it may have been modern ish warfare, but it was not a fun time. No, it was a dangerous um, addition to, yes. to war. Yeah. Um, added to all of that, Ray, just so you know, um, the Civil War was not prepared for the amount of casualties that they were going to have. They didn't have enough doctors. There were 11,000 northern physicians, okay? But only 500 of those had ever performed surgery. Mm. Yikes. So um, one Better quote. Better learn fast. Yeah, yes. Uh, one of the doctors was quoted actually saying, um, Battlefield is the great place to learn how to be a doctor. That happened a lot or in the World surgeon. Wars, too. Yeah, yeah surgeon, actually. Yeah, I oh, yeah. In, in the World Wars, if you were enlisted as a medic, like, most of the time, you're yeah, just you're a high school form. graduate yeah. or whatever, like an 18-year-old who was drafted mm-hmm. and throwing a medic pack. You like, took all, a right, bio all right, class. Here you go. Good doctor. luck. Um, no, the Confederacy only had 3,000 doctors, and only 27 of those doctors had any uh, training to really be a surgeon. 
Fun fact. I can't do the math in 27. my... 27. 27 out of 3,000. Can you imagine? Well, out of 3,000. If, if you take into consideration the amount of, like, amputations that there were, like, how, how many physicians to amputees? Yeah. And um, only certain people were allowed to amputate. They were the operators. That's one-tenth of a percent of all the... <laughs> Of all the doctors. Now, here's another fun fact. Medical school back then was just two years, sometimes less. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you need to learn? Yeah. So <laughs> here's your snake oil. Here's your saw. I know. Apologies, nine-tenths. Here's your saw. Yeah. <laughs> Many doctors were just actually politically um, put in. They were just political appointments. And they had, there were no licensing boards back then. So quacks were a thing. So, yes, mm -hmm. take my snake oil. So more fun facts for you there, Ray, just to let you know that you had someone random, um, you know, helping you. Here's triage for you, though. Okay. Wait, triage. Your battlefield is happening. Okay. The hospital, if you're going to call it the hospital, was really close to the front lines because you'd be there where you could save people. So yeah. a lot of doctors got killed, actually, during, mm -hmm. the, during the entire war because they were so close to the enemy lines. But they would triage. If they saw that you were shot in the stomach or the head, they pushed you to the side because they figured you're going to die anyway. Mm. And they went to those that they could chop off limbs, if you will. Like people that were less likely to die. Um, and, of course, that would be amputation. Priorities. Yep. So here is a fun uh, little comment that I wanted to read here from, again, the Bruminate. Um, the surgeon would wash out the wound with a cloth. So in the Southern Army, they ran out of sponges. So they use a cloth, obviously. And then they would probe the wound with their finger or probe, looking for bits of cloth, bone, or the bullet. Probably weren't wearing gloves. Nope. No, How you feeling, Ray? Not. not great. <laughs> <laughs> if the bone was broken or a major blood vessel torn, oh, the decision hurt. was amputation. Oh, that hurt. Yes. It probably hurt. Yeah. Someone shoving their finger in your wound and touching mm -hmm. your bone to see However, if it's... However, um, all yep, your... It's broken. <laughs> However, all of your Civil War movies get it wrong. Chloroform was used quite often, actually. It was pretty common back when then. When they had it. Yes. So that was one issue was running low. But they did use chloroform to knock mm -hmm. the guys out to amputate because, like, they would yeah. they would have to. Otherwise, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And then you so, have to wonder, though, how much gangrene would happen after. Oh, I have that statistic oh. for, for Ray. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to oh. know how uh, an amputation was performed? Formed, right? With a saw? <laughs> I mean, like, all the steps. Sure. There was a sign, um, air quote, scientific way. Okay. The gory air, details. Yeah, air quote, scientific way. All right. Mm -hmm. So chloroform was administered. With the patient insensible, the surgeon would take his scalpel and make an incision through the muscle and skin down to the bone. He would make incisions both above and below, leaving a flap of skin on one side. Got a thing, too. I bet you those tools were not... That sharp. That's blown. Yeah, things, right. Like, well, they, mm. I think they would resharpen them, but not after. <laughs> if you're, you're after a long well, day. Like, but yeah. it's probably not like, you know, the first thing that you think. I mean, if you really are putting yourself into that situation. But, you know, scalpels are sharp and human flesh really isn't that, you know, we're spongy. Oh. It's the bone part. It's okay. The bone, know. they used a bone saw for the bone. And probably so, you'd also break it. Next well, part. No, 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 no. Incision, no, you're not going to break the bone. Pay attention. When you're starting with the end. Taking Laura. I'm just saying. Miss Laura, could you sit down? <laughs> Taking his bone saw, he would saw through the bone until it was severed. He would then toss it into the growing pile of limbs. Do you want to see a picture of a pile of limbs? I have it right here. Mm. Sure. Here you go. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Anybody else in the class want to see this? You've seen pictures. You've seen worse, I know. So anyway, after that, the operator, because that's what they're called, if you were the surgeon who was doing this, you got the operator, would then tie off the arteries with either horsehair, silk, or cotton threads. Imagine horsehair, Ray. Horsehair. Can you say that one more time? They use that for what again? Tie off the arteries with either horsehair, silk, or cotton threads. That's pretty scientific. Yes. The surgeon That's would... pretty incredible. Oh, like... yeah. This is actually very smart, but that. sounds horrifying. The surgeon would then scrape the end and edges of the bone smooth so that they would not work back through the skin. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want that to happen. Then sure. the flap of the skin left by the surgeon would be pulled across and sewed closed, leaving a drainage hole. Okay, because obviously you're going to have drainage. Yeah. drainage. Yeah. Do you know how long it took a good surgeon to do an amputation, Ray? No. I don't know. Take a guess. Four hours. Oh, that's sweet. Ten minutes. Okay. I was going to say 15 <laughs> minutes. 
10 minutes. Wow, though. But yeah, well, when yeah, you're working you with 30,000 yeah. yeah. If you don't have any of the prep. Yeah. And again, we're pretty squishy. So mm-hmm. the hardest part is sewing to the bone. And our bones aren't that thick. But I mean, I give them credit for like, you know, like they know to leave like this extra skin. They know how much extra skin it's to like leave. It's like sewing. You gotta. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine the first yeah. one? Like, like where you don't do that? Like, oh, crap. Don't. I gotta take some more. <laughs> oh, ew. No, too much. Next. Next time. Next time will be better. <laughs> well, you, John, your leg's gonna be better. Don't worry. Don't look at this. It's fine. This is my first one. It's a test. It's... I'm, I'm learning. I've only it was only 27 of us have ever performed a surgery. Uh, so, but you would survive that surgery. But the biggest fear then afterward was, of course, as you guys mentioned, like fevers and pus and gangrene. Infections. So yes, but infections. Because what's antiseptic? We have no idea. Uh, so sepsis would kick, kick in. They called it surgical fevers back then, because mm. that's what they that's what they termed it. Now surgical fevers kind of covered a category of different things. The most common was pymea, pymea, if I can pronounce that correctly. But that is literally pus in your blood. Ooh, nice. I didn't yes. even know that was Hymea. a thing. Yeah, yes. Um, so, terrible. yeah, it's a form of blood poisoning. You think about it, like, that's... Yeah. That happens. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah. you know, gangrene and stuff, yeah. Um, so, anyway, nothing could really halt that. So, if you got that, over 90% of those people would die. It makes sense. Because your blood is poisoned, right? Like, yeah. my mom was in the hospital recently with uh, staff and her blood. And, like, she yeah. was in there for a while and she was really sick. And that was just from a cut in her hand getting staff on a, on a cut, so... Another thing could be tetanus, of course. Right. Who would have thought? If you got that, 87% mortality rate. Um, other things, too. But the one that I thought was interesting was called hospital gangrene. It was really during this time only. So I'm getting quoting from Ruminate because I just love that title. A black spot. So here's your hospital gangrene. A black spot about the size of a dime or so would appear on the wound. Before long, it would spread through, leaving the wound an evil smelling, awful mess. How are you feeling, Ray? Queasy. I festering. Like, the word is festering. I feel like PJ on a tower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or my um, legs are just a little bit like jelly. Um, so uh, the hospital gangrene, though, uh, of the Civil War, it's extinct. It no longer exists. Wow. Yeah, we've not seen it since from what Bruminate says. But yes, so primary amputation rates, 28%-ish. Secondary amputation mortality rate, 52%. So it was worse to get the surgical fevers afterward. You had a 50-50 chance, pretty much, which is kind of sad to think about because you survive all that just to die from a fever. Now, after all this, of course, you hear the term old sawbones is coming. That literally has never left the idea of doctoring. We hear them because they're called quacks, right? That kind of thing. But what I found interesting is Dr. Jonathan Letterman was such a big spokesman. He was a doctor, obviously, but he was a spokesman for the doctors. He's like, you don't understand what we're going through. You can't knock us back without understanding what we're doing no other job is being put through this and i think since we've gone through covid we can look through the lens of other people's eyes a little bit easier like teachers for example i see that a lot better but to quote this it says the civil war surgeon worked in conditions that today would be completely unthinkable doors were often used as operating tables there was a lack of water basic supplies drugs and most of all time take as an example the best known battle of the war gettysburg There were approximately 50,000 casualties at Gettysburg in three days of savage fighting. All of this descended down on the heads of the medical men. For the most part, they measured up admirably. Many of them worked until they dropped. With a lack of time, knowledge, and basic supplies, the best bet for saving life was usually amputation as soon as possible. Thus, Letterman said if any complaint could be lodged against his surgeons after Antietam, it was that they had been too conservative in cutting off limbs. So, interestingly enough, like, it has to be you know, amputation that's going to save your life <clears throat> within four. Like, then the magic number was like within 48 hours. <clears throat> but um, now, of course, we mentioned like sterilizing things. That's going to help out. But like if you think about this time period, too, if you go into an operating room, it's sterile. The doctors have cleaned themselves. They're wearing their scrubs. But there's also lots of good light and you have lots of helpers. You had none of that. <laughs> you know, if they were performing um, some amputations, it was being done with maybe a like a, a lantern over them. Like it, so, and they're doing this in farms, they're doing this in barns, they're doing this on bridges, they're doing it wherever they can next to fighting enemy lines because they'd be where the... So distractions. Yeah, all There are a share of distractions. Well, there's lots of stories of like doctors who are performing surgeries and they get shot and they die like on the table and over their, their people they're trying to save. That so, 
Yeah. That would disturb me. Yes. <laughs> yes. But again, it says here, like, again, they could I be mean, wounded it would. or killed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... So it's just crazy to think that, like, that's what they went through. So I, I do, uh, I understand why they amputated. I just wish that they understood what, you know, sanitary things were back then and how to sterilize their tools. I would not want to be in that time period and have them cutting me open with a scalpel that's been previously used on, like, 20 people or more. Uh-huh. Well, and yeah, as Ray pointed out, too, sooner or later, those those saws are getting a little dull, too. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I mean, and I don't know if, it, if I was the, just trying to look. I don't think it's not the scalpels, the saws. Yeah. Because yeah. wood is hard. I mean, not that I've done it, but wood. I, I have no interest in cutting yeah, people's yeah. bones. But after Maybe all my research, why? I feel like I could. So, yeah. incidentally, my dad's an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon. Yeah. Yes. So. I remember him, like, telling me, you know, it's just like when he was like, oh, maybe you'd want to be an orthopedic surgeon. It'd be like, it'd be like working with with tools, like a carpenter. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dad, but On like the wood. human body. Yeah, but wood, and wood doesn't bleed, normally speaking, so uh, let, me just, let me just think about it. Yes, pain. It doesn't. <laughs> what do you want to add to that, Laura, before I head in? No, nothing. Anything mm. from our... Nothing Resident of expert. true significance. I just was looking it up, and because um, I was just thinking about like all of the the amputated limbs. Sorry. I mean, because there's yeah. more than one account of like basically limbs coming up to like windows well, and, that's, and, yeah, yeah. and yeah, and 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 all of this. And um, I guess a lot of times they would just be buried in yeah. a pit. Um, some the limbs people, you're talking about. Yeah, the limbs. If they wanted their limbs, they could take it with them because you know <laughs> Catholics, for example, in that time period, right. believe you your body had body. to be whole. Yep. And so they actually would perform burials on the limbs if they had time, or if you were someone who was important, like Stonewall Jackson, for example, they might give you your limb or I, sickles. I think I would have wanted my limb. I think I would have felt an attachment. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I'm just gonna carry this around with me. <laughs> Need a hand? Um, <laughs> I feel like it's just right over there. Oh, no. I'm gonna put my best foot forward. So many jokes you could have pulled, PJ. Yeah, I would have okay. loved it. <laughs> oh boy. So why are we discussing this? Can I get your digits? Oh boy. Okay. This is well. taking a turn. <laughs> you can see yourself out, and I'm using my hand to point that way, right? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so why am I discussing this? Because of the notorious stories of piling limbs, mm-hmm. just the covering up windows. That is the story of the pile of limbs you hear about from the Cash Town Inn. Now, a lot of these barns, these farms, these inns were used as places for hospitals and for places to um, make attacks and do plant plan attacks. But the Cash Town Inn was used in the basement for medical purposes. So I want to go into the Cash Town Inn and discuss some of the hauntings that happened there. Yeah. And then Laura, our resident expert, will take over and tell all the things I miss. And then she'll go into the parts worth it. I actually know very little about the Cash Town Inn, so I'm excited to learn more. I actually found this one very interesting. I actually enjoyed this on our yeah. trip. Yeah, because I thought it was like, ooh, interesting, right? So anyway, the Cash Town Inn was built in 1797. So product of the American Revolution, right? So very American. And then it is, you know, sold because it becomes pretty popular. So it is sold. Um, so I do want to say I feel kind of bad for the owner of this because, like, he gets it and then, oh, Civil War. So it says, like many other businesses that were around during the American Civil War, the Cashtown Inn was taken over by Confederate officers and used as a general's headquarters. Once the war hit Gettysburg, any and every establishment was fair game for Confederate forces to occupy and make it their own. So I'm taking this all from uh, the Civil War ghosts. This marked the second time in less than a year that Cash Town would be invaded by rebels. Just a few months prior in 1862, the Confederate cavalry had occupied Cash Town under the command of Major General James Stewart. Who's that, Laura? Jeb Stewart? General James Stewart. It's probably Jeb. I'm not sure. Of course you would. You, just know, you he, would know his nickname. A, of course you do. He's a cavalry general. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be him. Of course. Well, <laughs> I mean, Jeb, my old pal. <laughs> so actually a little unnerving. His father-in-law fight, fought for the Union. About we can, what? His father-in-law fought for the Union. Of course you know that, and too. his wife apparently, you know, it was just conflict, you know. Obviously. Family drama. Drama. Any relation drama, to drama. Jimmy St- Jimmy Stewart? Not that I'm aware of. It's possible. He's from Pennsylvania also. Not to say that, like, Stewart is, like, a terribly (laughs) uncommon name. Oh, boy. 
So anyway, um, so it gets bought by uh, poor Mickley. And uh, so this, obviously, it's taken over. So it says, Cashdown was strategically located directly in Lee's supply line to Virginia, which served to be advantageous for Confederate forces. Soon, quaint Cashdown was overrun with legions of rebels, and Mickley found himself serving many an unwanted guest. Because, obviously, when the war comes to your door, they take over and you kind of go, oh, okay, just don't hurt me. And at the, the end at the time had gained a reputation of being a fantastic inn. I'm not sure how it connects to Farnsworth for you, but it had fantastic facilities for daily bathing, which Ray, you're welcome. Whoa. Daily bathing. Fancy. Yep. Comfortable beds. So not nothing yeah. like that strong tick nasty yeah, stuff. Certainly more than the amputees got. Yes. And it was in a peaceful neighborhood. So it was a nice idyllic inn to go to. So, of course, General Hill goes, well, I want to go there and plan some union attacks. All right. And he's like, well, I'm there. I can take advantage of all the luxuries that Cashown has to offer. I assume that's his accent because he's the Confederate. It's done yes. extremely well. That was right on the money. Thank yes. you. Cashdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She's here all night. I mean, literally, it's her house. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But anyway, fun fact there, too. There were two large fire brick ovens in the cellar. And so there actually were Confederates who were in charge of baking bread. And so they actually had uh, bread daily given to the Confederates. So there was an endless supply to food, of food for their troops. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? So there's a little happy thing there in the middle of the Gettysburg battle. You get some bread. Oh, happy for them. Well, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> apart from the bread happening... <laughs> And you have General Hill upstairs planning union attacks and talking to his fantastic southern accent and taking his daily baths. You're welcome, Ray. Um, in the basement, that's what I found intriguing when we were there. The bottom, the basement was used for a makeshift hospital. And so that's where you heard the story. So wounded soldiers were bought there. Um, and of course, some of them would never return to battle because half of them died. But that is where so many amputations were performed that when they were tossing out the limbs... It was so high, it actually covered all the basement's windows and it blocked out all the sunlight. They couldn't see to do any more surgeries except by lamplight because there were so many limbs outside the door. Mm. Yes. So there are many stories of like you know piles of limbs because it's what we're doing day in and day out. But that is the notorious story of the Cash Town Inn. So I do want to say yes. And if you go into the the National Museum of Civil War Medicine, there are lots of stories of piles of limbs. And there's actually one that's called The Story of the Piled Limbs. So you can read that and read about all the different places where there are lots of piles. It wasn't just there. So they have, like, lots of different stories. But there are happy ones about finding trenches of, like, limbs later. Oof. So, yes. Imagine oh, when you, like... Yeah. No. Well, you just said it was a ha- happy. It was. But what? I, I, I plot the sad stuff. So... What I love about the story of the pile limbs from the National Museum of Civil War Medicine, it says descriptions of many field hospital sites after the Battle of Gettysburg, PA, contain seven additional descriptions of piles of limbs. So seven, not just cash down. Okay, seven. And two of those accounts mention burials of amputated limbs. So two. Mm. More of those places, more of the seven could have buried them, but only two actually mentioned they do it. It is stated that the pile of limbs at the Lutheran Theological Seminary Field Hospital had accumulated for several days before being taken away and buried. That had to smell fantastic. Oh. I would not want that job. Because oh. it was three yes. hot days and then more. In the account concerning the Gettysburg Warehouse Hospital, it stated that men came with horses and carts, collected the amputated parts, and buried them in long trenches. Imagine you take horses and carts to take all the limbs from there. However, the sites of the trenches are not stated. A new corollary appeared on this subject when, in 1906, while remodeling and enlarging the Adams County Courthouse in Gettysburg, workers discovered a collection of bones of amputated arms and legs apparently buried there while the building was used as the courthouse hospital by the Union Army in 1863. And you think, okay, that was 1906. We're good. That was like, you know, 40 years after the war. You can kind of see it. No, 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 no. They're still finding bones because in 1996, there was another story about finding remains. Yeah. Because you have people who are crawling away to their deaths and dying because they're disillusioned. They're lost. Their their heads hurt because they've been shot. They're they're confused. Maybe they have concussions or they're trying to run away because they're scared. So they're dying in random places. They're not being found. And then you have all these people who have left and you're left to clean up the mess. So what do you do? And I'm sure Laura knows this. They buried the people where they died. 
So the next right. year when the farmers went to use the wheat field, guess what they found? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you have to think Gettysburg only had, I think, 1,500 people in the town. I think it, it was less than 2,000. It was around like 2,400. It was less so, than 3,000. Right. Yeah. I mean, because like, and then you've got, you know, 30,000 people injured. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's unbelievable when you think about like how many people you know, they, they were caring for. Yeah, like 50,000 casualties, whether they were dead or not. Like, There's right. a, lot, yeah. a, lot, yeah. a lot of blood spilled in Gettysburg. Yeah. yeah. For assessment. Well, and that's just the truth. And again, that's why the, the Clara Barn quote is so impactful. It's like yeah. you leave and then someone else is kind of your chopped off limbs. Oh, you know? oh yeah. yeah. And then the dead people, if you weren't someone of major notoriety, like if you weren't something major, they weren't going to take your body. Well, and they talk about how every house became a hospital in, mm-hmm. in cases, you know, and then mm-hmm. they would use books as pillows and they, they would be like ruined with blood, you know, everything would be soaked in blood everywhere you yeah. go. Your clothes, your floors, your carpets, your pillows, your books, your chairs, like your aprons, and like whatever. The smell of rotting flesh oh. as you're walking through right. town. That's Ray, gotta how be you doing? Rank. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's not forget this gosh. is July. This is yes, and it it's, was like and it is a ninety-something degrees for folks for the that battle. don't. Yeah, it, and it took weeks to clean up. Oh weeks. yeah, and they were still finding dead bodies months later because again they had crawled away and they found them like imagine like you go outside to get some wood to chop for winter and then ah you know <laughs> Halloween yeah because like for folks that don't know like you know Gettysburg is not far from like the Mason Dixon line mm-hmm. it is like your gateway to Maryland where yeah. where Gettysburg is located Oh, yes, Laura. Yes, fun yes. fact, fun fact. Her hand was up. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, Lee was marching north, he actually had his troops sing throughout Maryland the the Maryland state anthem, anthem, Maryland, my Maryland, in the hopes that they would rise up and join him. But they did not. So Could have turned the tide of battle, perhaps, but... Well, you know, Maryland... No, it's West Virginia, never mind. I was to say, our last episode, we discussed white things. He could have asked the white things to help, but that's oh, well. West Virginia. Sorry. <laughs> different place i apologize so anyway yes um we actually on our last episode we kind of discussed how gross it was because that's mm-hmm. something else they talk about like when you go on these tours it's like how you have to imagine it in 1860s like it is disgusting there are dead horses everywhere yeah well, you're right we're only talking about the people yes yeah, yeah. people and so and i want to apologize to all the mules and donkeys mm-hmm. out there i should use the word equestrian so i did more research <laughs> i was like oh man i have only talked about one third of the dead animals so horses, mules, and donkeys. So all the equestrians. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a story about how um, at one lady's house, and I'm, I'll, this will be a different story for a different episode, but there were horses, you know, lined up. They're all hitched, and they all got shot. Mm-hmm. And they were left there to die. And so when this lady comes back to her house, she's too old to move these horses off her property. So she put dirt on top of them, and they just kind of, like, dissipated over the next couple of years but there's a picture of this big pile of dirt because she couldn't even dig a hole to put like it was impossible she just covered him yeah so the smell permeated gettysburg well, years after and let's also not forget uh-huh. not to get super gross sorry ray but you also have you know fifty thousand men coming into this tiny little town needing facilities throughout uh-huh. three days you know like that's, that's still a right. thing, that's, and they're still and eating. They're, and, I skipped and that part. It's so I, hot, and the <laughs> uniforms were so warm. They were wool. They smelled wool. bad to begin with. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a... That's not something I memorable like. Memorable yeah. I skipped that part of my reading because I just knew that it would be a little too much for Ray. But yeah, doctors were not just working with like dirty materials. Wow. There's fecal matter and vomit and pus well, for, all yeah, around you, them. Because you're going to respond to like pain. Yeah. And, you know, well, that, and you that, have to go. You have to go somewhere. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, well, but you're right too. And as you're dying, it's a natural bod- body yeah, I mean, response not, too. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. would have been everywhere in the hospitals yeah. and everything. Every yes. everywhere. So everywhere. if you dropped your scalpel and you wiped it off on your shirt. Oh. See, I, I cut I mean, that part out, right? Don't hold that scalpel in your teeth in between no. surgeries. Oh, that's saying. why 50% I, of I'm people s- died once they had their mutations done. I'm yeah. so glad I wasn't around for the Civil War. I don't think I would have made it past, like, Main Street. Can I give you a side comment that has nothing to do with the Civil War, really, for you, Laura and Ray? But PJ knows the story already. Oh. Um, I was watching... It's called Gettysburg. This movie is just called Gettysburg. Oh, yeah. Um, the opening scene is, like, them at the Army Hospital, correct? Mm. Ish. So it's like yes. within the first couple scenes. It's been yeah. a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Yes. So my ex-boyfriend wanted to watch it. And I was like, okay, cool. And at the time, I worked at Burger King. 
and yes. that we had the best veggie burgers. Like they were amazing. They're ones they went, went through the broiler, so they actually cooked. The ones they have now are disgusting. So back then, I was like, oh my god, a veggie burger! You put extra ketchup on it and pickles. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. Mm, I'm so excited. So we go back to my house. We're watching it, and I'm eating this veggie burger, and blood splashes no. on the white screen if you like the white of the hospital room well, make sure 10 inches in the 10 and so you don't see it but you see the blood splash and i look down at my veggie burger and it's just all ketchup and i'm like oh i can't eat this anymore it's just veggies it's just oh it's all the ketchup on there uh, so to Ray this day i all. cannot eat a veggie burger well they don't make the good ones anyway anyway anymore impossible but, burgers are good but yeah so mm. that that destroyed it for me Anyway, back Ray to ketchup. Ray also can't do ketchup. <laughs> he just yes. doesn't like ketchup. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, this episode is making me very, very queasy, anxious. Would Golly, like... this is uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, I'm very uncomfortable right now. I need air. <laughs> well, the good news is I'm on my last page Thank of my you. stuff here, and then it's Laura's turn. So I mean, like, I'm almost done. Okay. Because we got to discuss the haunted part now, right? Like, so we did all the gross stuff. <laughs> So, Cash Town Inn, of course, is haunted. I mean, you can't not be haunted with all the horrible stuff that happened there before and after. You're going to have some weird stuff happening. So, there, if you go to Cash Town Inn, they do have a collection of photographs um, that show paranormal entities there. I thought you, you were going to say, like, feet. No, that was, that was in Arms. Here. That was in here. <laughs> I already showed that to you. Um, but they have, like, strange orbs and frightening skeletal figures in their pictures. Mm-hmm. So I know we, we kind of mentioned in the last episode that you have some pictures that people want in Gettysburg because your pictures are so cool, which we didn't tell them what it is. We didn't, uh, nope. And I, I don't think we should. I think we should just post it and let people yes, let them see what, see. tell us what they see. Because to me, it's very clear. But yes. I think it's also one of the things where well, when you say it, you can see what other people... Yeah, you can put the image in their head. But right. um, it's tough, though, because... We almost have to say where to look because it's that tough. wasn't there when you took well, the I have, picture. I have a you zoomed know? in. Yeah. Okay. Version, that, that's though. better. So. Okay. Yeah. But here, the cash mm-hmm. in. So orbs and skeletal figures caught on camera. It's pretty cool. Now, guests who stay there do say they hear lots of loud banging on the doors at night, which wouldn't be surprising because of that residual haunt. Nope. Lights are turning on and off without explanation. Sounds like your guys' house. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And doors lock on their own. What the heck? Like, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that would be irritating. Mm. Imagine you get locked in the basement, right? I actually locked Laura out of the house earlier today. He did. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I know, right? You can't Shanda's just... done that to me. <laughs> I just left the keys in the house by accident. It's my fault. No, I mean the, the time you locked me in your mom's basement. Not for the podcast. <laughs> that was. We'll purpose. hear about that later. Uh-huh. That sounds entertaining. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> but what I think is mo- the most hilarious of all these ghostly encounters, one, uh, some guests have complained that when they've returned to their rooms, they found their luggage has all been packed up on its own. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's time for you to leave now. <laughs> we don't want you here. Where's Laura? She knows everything. Bring I, her back. <laughs> I'm waiting for your go on. <laughs> Go on, get. <laughs> Excuse me, this is my spot. <laughs> um, but another couple has heard footsteps in their room, of course. Uh, people have heard incessant knocking on their doors mm. at night, especially. And once the knocking stops, the footsteps walk right up to the bed and then stop at the foot of it. Mm. Which reminds me of Savannah. I was going to say, cool. that's similar to your experience mm-hmm. in some ways, yeah. And then their mattress begins to shake and it compresses down as if a ghost entity was pushing on it. Mm. Again, very similar to our Savannah story. So I was like, hey! Now, of course, when that couple had that happen, they laid perfectly still and watched in horror as the mattress began to ripple, similar to how water is affected by a pebble thrown into it. The woman felt something grab her shoulder... But it was not her husband. Ooh. Right? Oh. Yes. I mean, consent is still a thing, ghosts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe it was a massage. So, Ooh. You know, going, no, it's still. Going for some me. shoulder activity. You're in my spot. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. Hey. I was just amputated. I need to lay down. Get. Hey, what are you thinking about? <laughs> can, can you tell me a story? I'm sad. <laughs> anyway, so the greatest number of apparitions are actually seen and heard on the first, second, and third, which are the same days as the Battle of Gaysburg. 
Oh, that makes sense. Oh, so, we should go. On it's those like yeah, days. it's yeah. well, it's always so, so it's busy crowded. though. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be necessarily July, but like maybe like early in the month on other months, it's similar cyclical. We'll get there at the end of June. I kind of never mind. <laughs> it's interesting. So it's like yeah, you know, it's that, that cycle of events. It has mm-hmm. to be on that time period. So it, it's all the normal like stuff you would expect: the, the knocking happening and the pacing. They can hear talking, you know, like but they can't make out the words. Very residual. Nothing really mean except for the, uh, you know, luggage being packed. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Anything you want to add to that, Laura? No, I think that was fascinating. Now I want to go see the Cash Town Inn. Yes. So if you're there, you should go. And a lot of these places have like, their own mini museum. So you should take a look at all those pictures because a lot of those are taken by people who stay there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Like it's that firsthand, like, look what I saw this time kind of thing. Any comments from you two? No, I had a question about. I'm ready. A Gettysburg Hospital, but I found which hospital it is. I think we're talking about later. So, oh, which one is it? Uh, the Gettysburg College. Yes, we are talking yeah. about later. So, because that's one of my favorite stories that comes out of that place. So I'm gonna wait. Yeah, we gotta hold off that on that. One. That's episode three. <laughs> written down. I think you're right. If I'm yes. remembering your notes correctly. All right, Laura, take it away for the Farnsworth. Okay, so the Farnsworth House is is now an inn, but at the time it really was a house, um, and it is um, on a parcel of land that was actually owned by Reverend Alexander Dobbins, and you'll hear the name Dobbins later. Dobbin House, yeah. Or the Dobbin House, yes. Uh, but I think he was an early settler, and so he owned a lot of the land. Um so um, <clears throat> the house itself was built in 1810. It's a brick structure. And it's quite beautiful. It is. It's a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. structure. Um, and at the time of Gettysburg, it was owned by Brigadier General Elon John Farnsworth. And um, so after the failure of Pickett's Charge, and, and Farnsworth was a Union man, but after uh, Pickett's Charge failed, Farnsworth led a charge against uh, Pickett's troops, mm-hmm. and that ended up um, uh, claiming the lives of Farnsworth and 65 of his men. So, but the building itself, if you visit it, you can actually see uh, bullet holes still yes, in the building today. And there's at least 100, some people say 135 bu- individual bullet holes, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. Yeah, the reason for, it is, it's wild that it's still there today. Um, and the reason that there were so many is um, there were Confederate snipers who were posted within the building to pick off Union troops. Um, as they were crossing Cemetery Hill, and mm-hmm. so the the building was being stormed by Union troops to to get those sniper that sniper nest basically, um, and it was also used as a uh, a makeshift hospital and headquarters, as you said, Shanna, yeah, pretty much all the houses everywhere was. Um, so there there were certainly a lot that happened there within all of those walls. So was there, the um, hospital in the basement? The I think the hospital, from what I've read, was the first floor and basement primarily. But I think they were kind of sticking people wherever they could. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, and so Farnsworth reportedly has quite a few different ghosts. Um, I think one of the saddest ones, in some ways, is a little boy. The Jake um, story, right? The what? What's his name? Jeremy. Jer- oh, Jeremy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Do you have Jeremy's story there? No, you want to go no, through? I just remember. It okay. Was a little... <clears throat> and so um, this actually happened sometime after the Battle of Gettysburg. It's because only one person, only one civilian was killed at Gettysburg, which we're saving for a different episode. Right, right. No, this happened afterward. He was a it was a young boy. We don't know exactly how old, but he would watch the other kids like playing in, a str- in the street and things like that. And apparently uh, Jeremy was out in the road and a horse and carriage ran him over. And so he was killed. You know, the, his body was brought back to the home. Um, and apparently guests of the inn have seen that accident replay over and over. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? Like they still can see that happen in the road today, which would freak me out. If you see a little boy getting, yeah, right. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. Um, and apparently the ghost of his distraught father has also been spotted in the window of the hotel watching the scene. Oh, my gosh. Which, so it's so sad to think of a residual haunt in that way. Yeah. But... I wish they would, like, go on to their eternal rest. Well, I mean, I it's know. probably just a residual but haunt, though. More. You know, it's just... 
Is it the liminal space? Where's Kyle? It's just this energy that's been imprinted on the land, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? It's just so sad. But I want to say, like, there have been stories about um, Jeremy where, yes, that's, his, that's, that's happened, but he actually will go on, like, ghost tours and stuff like that. You know, and he'll even say, which I think, which would scare the hell out of me. Um, yes, daddy. Yes. Yes, right? Like, that would be something that they would hear on these ghost stories. And like I said, if anybody said that to me, I'd freak out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people well, who Those are... words in particular. Because, <laughs> yeah, Farnsworth, no, daddy. No, daddy. Uh, yeah, no, Farnsworth does have a ghost tour, which I've not been on, but I really would like to do. Um, but yeah. Road he... trip. <laughs> but yeah, visitors um, have, have heard a little boy's voice talking during that tour. So, so maybe, yeah, like you said, it's residual energy, but maybe his actual spirit is in a, it's still there. Well, and is in a better frame of mind if he's saying (laughs) that. Yep. Um, but there have been many other, um, ghosts that have been spotted, including, um, as it was also reportedly a, um, a spot on the underground railroad. Okay. And there's an area called the slaves corner. And so they have, um, seen, uh, you know, so people believe the, the, the spirits of, of former slaves there. Um, there have been a number of Confederate soldiers that have been spotted specifically in the attic where the snipers were located. And um, uh, so there was one in particular that uh, a guest was staying in the garret room who entered the bathroom, saw blood running yeah. down the walls, which is terrifying. Oh, Some Stephen King scary. stuff right there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And incidentally, wasn't this a soldier had been killed? Directly shot, above. Yes. Right? Above. In the attic and above. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be... Ooh. Terrifying. So it's probable that his blood yeah. would have like down. dripped down yeah. into Ugh. that room. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. I'll have them pack my luggage now for three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, I'll just back in there, you know, toss it in. What is get the hell out? <laughs> <laughs> Pot- potables. <laughs> And so the last uh, ghost that I'll kind of end with here is a little more lighthearted. Um, unless, Ray, do you have anything else to add? I was going to end with the, no. the kitchen's chef. No? All right. So there Does is... Does he mess up the, the peanut soup? There, there is a cranky cook in the kitchen, apparently. And she's described as an older woman who's dressed in period clothing. And she's seen roaming around the halls and kitchen. And she's usually seen looking over the products in the kitchen and pantry. Almost like she's sort of like, oh, what do we have for dinner yeah. tonight kind of a thing. She's she's still being nosy that way. And in what seems to be attempts to make her presence known, she often frequents the restaurant area, which is where we have been. And mm-hmm. she is rude to the staff. <laughs> she pulls on their apron strings, pushes them, no- will even knock them down on occasion. So she said to be. And the- so this is lighthearted? <laughs> well, she's apparently she's just the, playful. Yeah, she's the only entity that is known to be physical at the Farnsworth house. So if you think, if that's the worst. I don't think that's so bad. Do they hear like any knocking and walking kind of things? Like the, the normal things you would imagine? Yes, yeah. I mean, so um, one thing I don't have handy, and it may be, you know, in the. the pages you have there pj but the number of rooms i know there's quite a few rooms i want to say there's six rooms but they're all reportedly haunted and they all have kind of the standard things that we would expect the orbs the lights flickering the the um footsteps going up and down the halls uh, water turning on and off by itself right i was just thinking the next time we go to the farnsworth Inn, we should just all we should make it like a group trip and just everybody have like their camera phones like at the ready and just kind of like snap Oh yeah. We yes. had this Aww. discussion on the last episode. Like this is the difference between PJ and me is that there's there's a story about a, a white thing on Muddy Creek Road in Greene County. <laughs> okay. And it's 2014 and there's a couple driving in their car late at night and a white thing is spotted. So it looks like this big white wolf, the bushy mm-hmm. tail, and it has a big mouthful of teeth. And the husband's response is I got to get my phone out and get a picture of this. The wife was like, "We need to go. We need to get out of here." <laughs> And so at the f- husband finally listens to the reason of his wife, drops the phone and heads. Fine. And I would have done the same thing. But like, honestly, like sometimes you can just take pictures 
And the orbs or what have you, or the presences that like manifest. Like Savannah, we did it in our, our yeah. room, the 1700. Yeah. yeah. And I still have my dowsing rods. Me too. What? Don't they over there? Yeah, they're over there. Yeah. Incidentally, a lot of ghost stories seem to revolve around pictures and cameras and yep. even camera malfunctions that have to do with. We have pictures the of your woods. We'll get into that oh, yeah. when we talk about Devil's Den Experience. too. But yeah, yeah. So some interesting things I saw from Farnsworth was um, there is was probably a, the ghost of a midwife that will tuck you in oh! <laughs> when, when you get under the blankets. Like you'll just feel someone tucking you in. I want That's... that one. <laughs> And, uh, I don't. That, that room. No, 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 no. Was there a number? Because we're staying there. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? I'm like midwife. Call the midwife here. And then there's a, a room called the Sarah Black Room. Yes. And uh, apparently, you can get pictures of like someone looking out the window from that room. But Wait, also, who Sarah Black is no, not I do. not Laura, from the article I have here. I do. What are we gonna say? Well, but Laura. in the middle of the night, you can hear someone playing a as um as the article calls it a Jew's harp, also known as a mouth harp. Yeah. What, uh, in the middle of the night, you know the <laughs> what kind of harp? The the things that you put in your mouth and you like you flick the um this little like band. And it's like wow wow wow. And uh, oh. here, Ray, we'll I'll, need to buy I'll show one you a picture. now. This. Our, our I, listeners these. cannot see. Oh. Yeah, but for Ray, if you look up Jew's harp or mouth harp, yeah, you, you'll be like, oh, it's that thing. You know, it's like people playing the rubber band with their mouth. You yeah. know, it's that that weird musical. Whiny, well, whine, 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 yeah. whine thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'd be like, seriously, pipe down. Where, where's midwife Bessie? I need her. <laughs> Seriously, I need to. I need to be tucked in. Kiss on the forehead would be good. <laughs> no, 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 no. Too much. <laughs> So Sarah Black, um, so after Gettysburg, um, it was uh, the Farnsworth house was owned by the Black family who ran it under the name the Sleepy Hollow Inn. And That's the, not creepy. Well, uh, and well, the, the, the Black family advertised. Business people. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> There's bullet holes in some of our. That yeah. is actually exactly, I was just going to say, that. There's exactly a niche for this. how they advertised uh, their inn is using the historical fact that the home had 135 bullet holes riddled in one of its eyes from the Battle of Gettysburg. So in the Sarah Black room, lights turn on and off, faucets have suddenly sprayed out water, shades roll up and down, and window shutters bang on the Ooh. inside. A man was sleeping when he awoke to feel someone sitting or lying down on the bed beside him. Hey, Ray. <laughs> no, thank you. And the Been same there, man. Done that. See, it, it gets weird, though, because the same man uh, heard whispered voices and then the sobbing of a crying child. So he, he got the whole family. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if that was Jeremy. It could be a sobbing child. Just a baby. Huh. Mel and I is probably a baby crying. Could be. Uh, yeah. All right. So well, here, I don't know. here's a mouth harp for you. Okay. For our listeners out there. So imagine in the middle of the night, like 2 a.m., you hear this. I think you could jam to this. That's so. It, but I would not want to wake up to it. No, no, no. no. It sounds like. Well, first off, I don't like to wake up at all. I mean, well, I do. I'm thankful. When it I'm sounds like it. um, like throat chanting. Yes, yeah. it does sound like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's terrifying. Hmm. Luggage packed or mouth heart? <laughs> do we leave a tip? <laughs> Thank you. Save me a packing. Did you steal my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Did you scratch a Nike sign off my flip flop? Nope. Looking at you, seventeen hundred ninety. Tuck me in and kiss me goodnight. I'm ready to go. <laughs> we'll tell our Savannah story at some point yeah. because the reference to a Nike sign getting scratched off. Talking about the nothing. whole trip down there too. <laughs> this trip home, where you and I had food poisoning. We preemptively apologized to the people of Fayetteville when we talked about that. <laughs> on the best part of Fayetteville, I don't think. No. <laughs> I hear it's very nice. You're in the Just wrong where hotel. We were. I love traveling to the South, though. I really do. Yeah. I like doing the whole, like, experience with, like, biscuits and gravy or, like, going to a Shoney's or... Shoney's. Real, yeah. real Waffle greens, House. Real yes, okra. Waffle, yes. Mm -hmm. My first ever hush puppy. Collard green. Good Gone down puppies. south. Wow. I mean, Gone down south there. I gained, like, 30 pounds in two days, but it's, it's worth, worth it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I that's all we have for tonight, then. For tonight, yes. No time for Dobbin House tonight, and that's okay. I'm sorry. 
Well, we just talked a lot. Yeah. The one thing I thought was kind of interesting about the Sarah Black room, you know, like how random things turn on. I feel like there's a lot of this with like ghosts. Lights turn on, faucets on. And I wonder if there's still like some sort of novelty with these spirits. Mm. Because for a lot of, especially for Sarah Black, she probably didn't have... Electricity? That's yeah. true. I want to know how they turn these things on. And she's, I wonder if these ghosts are like, this is too cool. We've <laughs> never had this before. The light comes on. Yes. You I see wonder, this? What's yes. it doing again? Yes. <laughs> and then somebody turns it off. <laughs> And they're like, aw, and then they turn it back on. How much I energy totally it took t- me to turn that on? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Running water, too. Imagine, like, a running water. You're right. That'd be so I mean, cool. it's such a luxury for, like, Indoor you know, plumbing. if yeah. you're a ghost from the Civil War era, and then, like, your place, let's say the Farnsworth Inn, is so updated with all these accoutrements. Oh, sure. No, I mean, yes. Civil War, you were literally would, using chamber I pots. I mean, honestly. Yeah. 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 If you're I, the cash town in, you got daily baths. Woohoo! <laughs> I mean, if I passed away in like the early 90s, I would wreak havoc on the Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I would love the idea that we can actually watch whatever we want now, like on Peacock and everything. When was the last time you bought a movie? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yeah. You know. well, Amazon. Yes. We bought Penhurst. Oh, yeah. Well, we rented. Rent. Right, rented. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, right. Even like going to the movies, just because everything comes out so. And I know we're digressing, but yeah, we got we all got lost. Somewhere. We're totally going yes. to see Dune, though, in November. Okay, this is not Ooh. part of my podcast. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on our next episode, then let me pull up my grandiose list here. We will discuss the Dobbin House. All right. The Shriver House, the Jenny Wade House. And the Weikert House. So four houses. Got it. Okay. And Episode. four hosts. I know. Whoa. We're each, we each, we each going to do one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that sounds... Episode three, then, will be the Gettysburg Hotel, the Gettysburg Orphanage, and Gettysburg College. Ooh. Nice. Ideally, to do all three of those. And we'll have an interview with your friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Either its own episode or as a part of that, we'll figure that out. Okay. And then I put down for episode four a lot of um, different fights, but there's going to be too much, so that's going to be two episodes there. Okay. So it's going to be a whole six, series happening. It's going to be a six week long thing. And Kevin Paul, my new best friend, who gave me the second book, um, Haunted Hills and Hollows. Oh part, yes. Yeah. Um, he wants to do a Zoom interview, so that'll be popping up in there somewhere nice. too. Nice. Oh, cool. Yep. So there you go. Obviously, you'll be there because he has questions for your house too. He listened to your story and our stories, and then he's kind of getting caught up on all the episodes. But he's like, I have some questions. <laughs> so do I. We have some answers. <laughs> yeah, he's seen some stuff. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming back. Thank it's you for so having nice us. to be back with you guys. Yeah. Six weeks of us hanging out in our basement Woo-hoo. on Tuesday. I'm in. I I'm love in. it. I love it. <laughs> well, in any case, we do want to close with one comment to kind of put us back on track. Um, the idea of these battles and what happened to go back with the whole Clara Barton thing. So, Ray, I believe you're going to share, aren't you? I will. If you wouldn't right. just so, give me another, another 10 seconds, guys. Um, this quote... We are waiting at the cot side and closing their eyes one by one as they pass away. I cannot but think that we shall win at last, but oh, the cost. This is from a letter to Mr. Baldwin after Cold Harbor and the Wilderness, the 30th of May, 1864.